0: Everybody, I'm Jim Ford.
1: I'm Dan Kersky.
0: And I'm Batman.
1: Sweet. <laughs> no, um, this is Eric Robertson. Hello folks.
0: And this is The Lantern Cast.
2: Episode 58. And if you've been listening back to... What what what, what the hell episode was Eric on first? Was that 25?
0: Yes, 25. Yeah, 25 episode 25. half, wasn't it? Was it 25 and a half?
2: 25 and a half was both of those <laughs> um, it
0: was definitely one of them
2: the, eric is the guy who called and had that encounter in the best buy parking lot
0: but, <laughs> uh, uh, so we have uh, eric visiting us for approximately the next two minutes or so roughly so <laughs> and then he has to cut out but uh Eric, what are your thoughts so far on the Green Lantern movie? Because that's what this episode's going to be about. Well,
1: it's got Ryan Reynolds as the Green Lantern, and I think that the uh, Ryan Reynolds Green Lantern will, in fact, be able to kick the crap out of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool. if for no other reason, because Wolverine really sucked. Now, (laughs) um, as far as that goes, I mean, he's buff, but my my problem with that is, is that, like, a lot of the... What can, What can I say? A lot of the superhero movies that have had like stars that are already established have kind of sucked. Like Fantastic Four, would, like I get, would have Jessica Alba in it, you know? That mm. was uh, she was like probably the weakest character in the whole movie, and
0: uh, I don't know that I would call her an established star. Uh, <laughs> so much people
1: people knew who she was before, okay? And like uh, like Brandon Ralph as Superman, I think was uh, a good choice. He turned into a decent performance. Uh, the big exception to that would be, I guess, you know, Christian Bale's Batman. You know, people already knew who he was. But I think the idea of having somebody who's already played a different, like, comic book character, being a leading man is going to be a problem, especially when they're making a movie out of that other comic book character as well. So uh, that's that's my big issue that I would have with that.
2: It's actually funny you mentioned that, because um, I can't think of his name right now. But the guy they're getting to play, Captain America is the same guy who played... The uh, Human Torch. The Human Torch in that movie, in uh, the Fantastic Four movies, and he's going to play one of the uh, evil ex-boyfriends in the Scott Pilgrim movie that came, that's coming out soon. And he was one of the main characters in The Losers, which I don't know if it's still out or if it's... I don't know when Losers comes also,
0: out. Also, <laughs> he was the main character in Push. Yeah, but that doesn't count. Well, they made a comic book based on that. Oh, well, that's... N- no, shut up. Nobody,
1: no, nobody anywhere watched Push. Um... Nobody knew that Losers was a comic book, except for people that paid attention to the the Vertigo label on the front of it. And even if they did, that's not a superhero character or like a, you know, like a superhuman character at all, I guess. If Deadpool would be more like an anti-hero. But yeah, the, the idea that the Human Torch, and he was barely even any good at that, is going to play Captain America, oh, who is one of my favorite characters. That inspired, actually, a uh, seven-way vodka taste test at my house, <laughs> and um, I'm happy to report that the one that came in the most awesome bottle won.
0: <laughs> that did what? win? It did win. The one in the skull?
1: The one in the skull. That's the best-tasting vodka? Crystal Head Vodka beat Grey Goose and uh, several other very expensive vodkas in a taste test. It came in a skull.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. They have a vodka. It comes in a, like a glass skull container it's it's very cool to look at but it's like what the most expensive um cheapest
1: i've seen it is 45 dollars for a fifth which is quite expensive for vodka um in comparison you can get like a liter of gray goose which is pretty famous that goes around 40 and so you get more for more for you know roughly the same price uh however gray goose's bottle is nowhere near as cool (laughs) <laughs> the bottle bite an empty bottle someone would pay ten dollars for at a garage sale I'm sure
0: <laughs> yeah you know what I probably would
1: yeah yeah
0: but I, I have to dig- disagree with you because like it's it's Chris Evans Chris Evans plays Captain oh that's America. his name
2: that's his name
0: he was great as the as human torch I mean like he played the human torch exactly like the human torch is in the comic yeah
2: I don't know my, my issues with the Fantastic Four movies was that uh, like like at I always do this. I always go into a movie, and at the time when I'm in the moment, I'm happy with it. But then, if I watch when I watch it again, like the flaws really start to like show through. And for the most part, I didn't have any problems with the acting. I thought they got the characters pretty good, except for Doom. But let's not speak of that. Yes. I think I think like like it just comes down to like it wasn't a very good or a very well written or put together movie kind of thing. So. I don't know. I don't know. He could, I think, I think,
1: what's his name? Chris Evans.
2: Chris Evans could surprise us as Captain America in the same way that Ryan Reynolds could surprise a lot of people as, as Hal Jordan.
1: Well, that's, that's my issue though, is that, you know, even if he is like, like Fantastic Four was an ensemble movie. There was no one star. Okay. He's going to be the star of Deadpool and Captain America playing two separate, I'm sorry, um, Green Lantern playing two separate. Distinct leading characters, right? and they're not going to come out very far away from each other, you know. So it's yeah. like whichever one comes out first, you're going to be looking at it and be like, "Oh, they gave Deadpool a Green Lantern ring. Sweet. Oh wait, no, that sucks. Wait, what am I thinking here? You know, <laughs> like like when I was watching Daredevil with Ben Affleck, I was like, "Oh, the dopey guy from Goodwill Hunting. Yeah, Matt Damon's stupid friend. Um, <laughs> that guy, that guy's taking a bunch of drugs and." Uh, Dressing up like a retard and jumping around. Okay, that's good. Now, why don't you dance on the playground some more, Ben? Okay, all
0: right.
1: <laughs> that's, that's nice.
0: Well, well, first off, which movie is coming out first? Is it going to be Green Lantern or Deadpool?
2: Uh, Green Lantern is on June 17th. I don't have Deadpool's release date.
0: I, I thought that Deadpool would be after that. But regardless of that, like if you look at uh, like an actor like Johnny Depp, where... He could be, you know, in three movies that come out in the same year, and they're all three completely distinct characters, and you're not going to confuse the three of them. Now, granted, Johnny Depp is an amazing actor, and Ryan Reynolds, while he's very entertaining... He's not. He's not Johnny Depp.
1: <laughs> not by a damn sight. No. Um, in fact, I think I was watching Ryan Reynolds in uh, the Wolverine movie. First time I saw him, I was like, what's Van Wilder doing rolling around with you, Jagman? <laughs>
0: Yeah, well he doesn't he doesn't really get a lot to work with in that movie. But you know, like by the end of that movie, like his face was completely messed up. You have to wonder, like, okay, well what what amount of Ryan Reynolds is actually gonna, you know, be visible as the Deadpool character, you know, in terms that's, of looks. It's
1: not gonna be so much as important because he's already been in something else. Like when I first saw him, like just looking at him, I recognized him as Van Wilder and I was and The way he was playing the character that eventually became Deadpool was Van Wilder with superpowers and katanas. And, uh, makes me seriously doubt anything about this guy's range if he's going to be able to play anything but Van Wilder, and if they're just going to, like, dye his hair brown and give him a Green Lantern ring. You know?
2: That touches on two things that I, like, I guess I agree with. Like, one, I I think the whole whole playing Green Lantern and then playing Deadpool thing hinges on whether or not he's a good enough actor to play two completely different characters at not the exact same time but you know close enough together that people don't look at and see the exact same character and two like this this goes back to like what i always say about movie casting is i want no-name people i want to be able to look at that screen and say oh that's hal jordan up there not oh that's ryan reynolds up there kind of thing like we mentioned uh, the daredevil movie and, like, part of the reason that I can't stand to watch that movie is because, okay, that's not Matt Murdock, that's Ben Affleck. Like, I can never look at that, at his character on screen and see anybody other than the person he is in real life. Because he's too recognizable as himself for me to buy that he's his character, you know?
1: Yeah, but it could have been Matt Murdock if Ben Affleck had talent, and that's the where I'm <laughs> going with this. Is that, you know... um A lot of the stuff that I was, as a Daredevil fan, especially at the time with uh, Bendis writing it, was, uh, you know, really nitpicking, like when I first was, you know, seeing stills from uh, promotional shots and stuff, like they made the Kingpin black and and Electra wasn't Greek looking at all, and like when I actually saw the movie, I didn't have a problem with it at all, and I was just like, Okay, well Ben Affleck, as far as talent goes, is a step up above Keanu Reeves, so I guess in that <laughs> sense it could have been worse. But uh this beside between that and the fact that they seemed to run out of special effects money about three quarters of the way into the movie, pretty much killed it for uh for Daredevil and I and I wanted to like Daredevil a lot. And in fact I, I I actually went out of my way to find reasons to enjoy it. I was like, Oh, well, that didn't suck. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what you should be thinking when you're seeing a movie, especially if it's uh, a character that is well-loved.
0: I think I'm, I'm a lot more forgiving of these comic book movies than you guys are.
2: <laughs> well, like, with comic movies, it's like, there's always... I, I really, like, I should sit down and make a list sometime, because I really believe that it's, it's 50-50 with comic movies. For every one that's good, there is one that's bad. Like, it's like right down the middle. <laughs>
0: for every green lantern that's amazing there's going to be a horrible scott pilgrim movie shut up <laughs> i saw that... that preview i saw that preview <laughs> and, and like you you've been you've been talking about this on on facebook for for months now yeah like oh scott pilgrim is coming scott pilgrim is coming and i'm just like yeah yeah whatever and then the trailer came out and i'm watching this trailer and i'm like oh my god I need to see this movie.
2: Wait. Okay, I thought you were going to say you hated it. What?
0: No, no, it's amazing. Like, I saw the trailer, and it looks amazing.
2: Okay, have you ever read the books?
0: No, not at all.
2: All right, I'll mail them to you or something. It's awesome. I don't think it'll be essential for seeing the movie or anything, but just because they're great and you should read them.
0: I. <laughs> it's like, I think it's the first time that, according to the trailer, it almost looks like Michael Sarah. It's like the, the broadest range that he's ever brought to acting so far. Which isn't saying much. Which isn't saying much, but still. <laughs> I, I like Michael Sarah, but he always basically plays the same exact character. Yeah, let's get this scrawny, soci- socially awkward guy.
1: Um, yeah. What's his name again? I don't know. Just, just look it up on YouTube. Just type in rest of Development. That's the kid we want.
2: <laughs> yeah, They'll mix him up with that guy from Zombieland. <laughs>
1: Oh, God! who if it if, if, I thought it was for a second, Michael Sarah with a the mask <laughs> they even sound the same
0: <laughs> Michael Sarah with a mask,
1: <laughs> <laughs> like uh, Mission Impossible, where you just like Tom Cruise takes his mask off, and
0: oh hey, look, it's fifty year old John Voight. hey, wait, you know it'd be awesome if they actually made a remake of the mask with Michael Sarah, and I'm not talking about the <laughs> Jim Carrey version. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's my face, isn't it? It's, it's my hideous face. Yes, I know. Nobody likes me because of it. (laughs) You read that off, you read
2: that off of Earth G. Billy's thread, don't you even? What?
0: Remember that, uh, that thread on the forum where he was like... That, that, that put it, that put it in my mind. That definitely put it in my mind, but... Yeah,
2: he, he made, like, the exact same joke, minus Michael (laughs) Sarah.
0: No, somebody asked for a recreation of the mask promo poster and he thought it would be funny to <laughs> to do the that mask version but then he thought it would be in poor
1: taste so and on the next web episode of fw4d.com
0: <laughs> yeah which is currently 10 months overdue only 10 no it's only 6 months overdue oh, okay. i put it out a new one at the beginning
2: of the year <laughs> god It'll take more than that to get me to go to his website.
1: (laughs) Nobody wants to go to his website. He he doesn't even want to go to his own website. That's why he hasn't updated in six months. (laughs) Uh,
0: No time. I would love to update it. I actually have... I have comics that I have drawn up. I just have yet to scan them in and digitize them and everything like that. And the last one had to do with the mask. No, it didn't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It didn't? Uh. No. The mask and a vodka that comes in a crystal skull.
0: That would be awesome if I came up with something like that. Well, get to crack after
1: you're done recording.
2: <laughs> I think that's how they wrote the last Indiana Jones movie. Just <laughs> <laughs> drank It just they just emptied the whole bottle in one sitting and like and then looked at it and they're like, Oh my god, oh my god,
1: <laughs> Wait, they come in cases of twelve, right? Well let's see here. Okay, order twelve and for it's
0: the cheapest route we'll ever have. Oh, man. Speaking of Green Lantern movie, that movie, that Indiana Jones, that sucked, basically. <laughs> I mean, listen, I love I love the first three Indiana Jones. I know the second one is a little, you know, it's okay. But but overall, like, they were amazing movies. And then, you know, and I've said this in numerous times in the past. I don't know if I've said it on, on record on the air, though. But when they came out with... Uh, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull it completely lacked any of the the same elements from the previous movies where he actually had to figure stuff out.
2: Yeah I didn't see it but I heard people talking about how it was more, what's the other movie? Uh, The Nicolas Cage
0: National Treasure?
2: Yeah where like like, that character just kind of knows everything so if he sees something he just pieces it together in his head immediately and they kind of applied that to Indiana Jones
1: Whoa! I knew kung fu. That's not, who, Reeves, that's not, not who that is.
0: It's <laughs> close enough. <laughs> He's got a point. But even even with the uh, the National Treasure movies, like there was a lot of stuff that he just knew, but there were things that he had to figure out. There were puzzles that he had to, you know, come up with an answer for. And they took you through that process in his head. It was just a lot faster pace than the Indiana Jones movies. But like in Crystal Skull, it's just like. Yeah, they didn't even give him a chance to figure anything out. He just automatically knew everything, which took took all the suspense out. It's like, okay, now we're going here, and now we're going here. Oh, now we have to go on a motorcycle chase because people are after us, and then we're going to go here. Then we're going to fly through the trees on vines with monkeys.
2: And then this kid that I'm following around has to go fight some Transformers. And,
1: And, uh, yeah, by the end of it... um... Yes, it turns out that, spoiler alert, the uh, crystal skulls were really, I think, crystallized antimatter, and then the temples of the Aztecs flew away because they were really 10,000-year-old flying saucers. There. If you haven't seen it, you don't need to.
0: That doesn't really ruin it for anybody. You you can
1: thank me later. Somehow that
0: doesn't ruin it for anybody. it, (laughs) it,
1: It is just as stupid as I just made it sound. Make no mistake.
2: I mean there's there's conceptual stuff that I thought was kind of a cool idea going into the movie was like it's set in the what, the fifties instead of the thirties now. Right. And they're they're shifting away from like the pulpit venture of the thirties and more into like the burgeoning sci fi genre of the fifties, which like okay, that made that made sense. That's sounded kinda cool, but it it's a film that makes you realize how strongly connected Indiana Jones is to the era he was originally in.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a very, very valid point. And like you said, like the idea of like, okay, now it's the fifties. So now he's addressing that aspect of where like the culture, you know, the basically almost geek culture, you know, kind of headed to, and that makes sense that does make sense but it was just like you know like if it's Indiana Jones he's still going to be figuring puzzles out you know yeah. and, and what, what Eric didn't didn't tell you was that at the end of the movie what what actually what actually was revealed was that the crystal skulls were actually part of a, uh, a gift shop sale that the Aztecs had
1: yes you see the um, <laughs> the crystal skulls. Those were actually just bottles of Crystal Head vodka that were being sold <laughs> by the uh, <laughs> descendants of the Aztec.
0: Time travel. In, uh, in tignat Yeah. There was a DeLorean that carried them back in time so that they could sell them in the gift shops. This
1: is true. And uh, that's actually how the uh, Crystal Head vodka managed to get enough kick to power a flying saucer <laughs> to take off on autopilot. It is They had 1.21 gigawatts.
0: You know... The the DeLorean didn't really have a lot of, like, storage capacity.
1: For fuel or for people?
0: Like, for stuff. Like You could I'm fit a fit. case back there. Uh, you can't fit much. Like, you have the two front seats, and the back seat was basically jury rigged with the whole uh, flux capacitor and all the circuits.
1: Think they, about know, this, they though.
0: They never opened the trunk, ever.
1: Think about this, though, okay. Well, that's because the trunk had the hatchback, I should say, had all the... Uh, More circuits. Had, yeah, it had all the stuff in it. It had, like, the plutonium. It had the nuclear reactor that it needed to power the thing. Um, that's, and then the Mr. Fusion. Letter. But um, this is the cool thing. Um, you don't actually need to have it inside the trunk. Because it's vodka, so it doesn't freeze. So you remember, whenever it would come through time, it'd be frozen, right? right. It had to chip off the ice. Well, your vodka would be instantly chilled. It's ready to drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. We don't have time to let this be in the freezer for a couple hours. Okay, what's going to happen is right before the party, we're going to drive 88 miles an hour and go 45 seconds back in time. Bam. (laughs) Party ready. And now it's time for Eric to leave us. Yes, yes, on that note, (laughs) party ready vodka. I think I've got some in my freezer right now. I think I'm going to roll on.
0: (laughs) That's a good note to leave on, actually.
1: (laughs) Good night,
2: guys. Bye, Eric. Bye, Eric. (laughs) Alright, so, now that we've talked about every comic movie other than Green Lantern, let's, uh... uh okay, Alright. So, yeah, it's it's been a while since we've touched on this, and people keep asking, when are you going to talk about the movie more? When are you going to talk about the movie more? So we're we're kind of going to do that now.
0: Um, <laughs> no promises, though.
2: Yeah, because I don't think we've really even brought up the movie since Ryan Reynolds was announced as as being confirmed for the role of Hal Jordan.
0: I, I don't remember. I, possibly?
2: Alright, so, first of all, the date. It's still, it's still on track to come out June 17th of next year. It's, actually, as we record this, it's almost exactly a year away. <laughs> Alright, you want to talk a little bit about the cast?
0: Not really, but okay. <laughs> right. uh, uh, I let me, let me let me break this down for our listeners. I'm I'm excited for the Green Lantern movie. Like, without a doubt, I'm definitely excited for this Green Lantern movie. I think the fact that Green Lantern is getting the spotlight on this level is something absolutely amazing. It's unprecedented, and I love to see this happen for Green Lantern. When this movie comes out, if it's halfway decent, then I'm going to be going back to the movie theater a bunch of times, seeing it over and over again in the theaters, without a doubt. However, the road to, to getting there, the road to where this movie actually comes out, like, I don't really have that much interest in that. Like, I would much rather just completely forget about it altogether, and then wait until a year from now when all of a sudden it's completely ready and they just go, okay, here you go, here's the movie. And, you know, then I just get to enjoy it in one big, keeping, helping, you know, handful. Because right now, like, the information that we are getting is like, it comes out in dribs and drabs. They're just giving you a slight little taste. And, like, I want I want a feast of Green Lantern movie. I don't want a tiny little taste. You know, like, all this stuff that's going on right now, all this pre-production stuff, like, this is the stuff that I typically, like, actively avoid until after the movie is completely finished. And then if I'm curious about it, I'll go back and be like, oh, are there any fun stories that happened during production? Or, you know, oh, what was the casting like? Or blah, blah, blah. You know, that, to me, is stuff that I find out afterwards. Because I've already seen the movie and now I don't have to like, you know, tease myself with all this information that you know, for a movie that isn't gonna come out for a year. So but, you know, we did we do want to cover the news that is coming down the pike for the movie. So So Dan, I, I believe you have <laughs> some information and and we'll discuss it.
2: Um yeah, all right. Let's talk about something that I think we can we can get into a little bit. It's still on kind of a superficial level, but it's it's it it's warranted. Uh, I assume you've seen the picture of Hector Hammond in costume.
0: I saw him like his uh, his makeup for his head.
2: Yeah, when he's like walking across the set or something. Yes. Now, ov- now obviously, this is a character that you, unless you're going to make him completely computer generated, you're not going to be able to pull off the uh, the comic book Hector Hammond. <laughs> where he's got, like, an 11-foot-tall head and a itty-bitty body of, like, a third grader. <laughs> but what, what do you think? Because when that... Because I know on our forum, like, a lot of people were going, like, oh, my God, it's the, that dude from The Goonies when they saw, like, his, like, engorged forehead and his, like, scraggly hair and all that.
0: Well, they're not really on track to put out a, uh, an Incredible Hulk movie before uh, the next year, correct?
2: I don't think so,
0: <laughs> good because then you're not gonna have the confusion between him and the leader <gasps> uh, I think yeah, if they can get him out and established before I don't know like the Avengers movie or whatever movie that they have the leader in if they ever go that route then uh, I mean it makes sense because he's got he's got like telepathy powers and you know historically. In, in any form of medium or whatever, you have a character with, like, you know, super brain powers, it's not that unusual to see their head, like, grow to, you know, accommodate the extra, you know, brain or whatever going on in their skull. That's true. Now,
2: would, like, are you, are you satisfied with them taking this approach versus, say, making some, uh, Hector Hammond, like, a more computer-generated character to for the sake of staying closer to the comic? Because, I mean, obviously there are characters that are going to be in this movie that need to be primarily computerized, like, like, Kilowog, pretty much any of the alien Green Lantern characters, minus, say, Sinestro.
0: Well, you know, in my opinion, like, a character like Kilowog, you can make him computer-generated, and he's an alien, he's got these, you know, these different looks, so, you know, you have him computer-generated, and it's believable because he is an alien, you know, and, and, like, the same thing with the restroom, like, like, uh, Salak, or, I don't know, Chip, if he's gonna be in the movie. Probably better. Yeah, any of those characters, like, they're all aliens, so you would expect them to look really odd and different, and CGI is a completely acceptable way to go. Now, with Hector Hammond, I mean, like, we accept it because it's in the comic that he's got this enormous head and the body of a three-year-old. But, I mean, yeah. it's, it's completely preposterous. I mean, like, if you put that in the movie, I mean, maybe they will. Maybe they'll, they'll go that route. But it it's like, it's a lot more believable. It's a lot more realistic to just have his head. Cause like, why is his body shrinking like that? Mm. You know, like, is it isn't his body like his body like actively shrunk or did his head just grow like so much bigger that it's now like twelve feet you know w- wide or whatever?
2: Ah, uh, he might have a he might have like a a sickly kind of normal size body. Like, maybe, like, like more puny than, like, your regular person just because he never uses it, but, I
0: don't know. I don't know. Huh. I don't know, like, the, the comic version of that, like, like again, we, we accept it because it's, you know, whatever, that's how they do it. We've seen a lot weirder things in comic books. Yeah. But, uh...
2: I mean, if they wanted to, they could always, like... Like by the end, have his condition deteriorate to the point that like, like he does kind of, kind of become the classic-looking Hector Hammond, and, and that's how he like dies or something because his body can't support his powers or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, anything like that. But like the the way that they are going with the, uh, you know, regular-sized body, I don't have a problem with that.
2: All right. Well, speaking of computer-generated stuff, uh, they've pretty much confirmed that the costume ryan reynolds is going to wear is going to be is going to be cg he's like i've seen i think one picture of him walking around the set in a motion capture suit it's so, like as far as i can tell there's not going to be a physical green lantern uniform on him at any point of this movie and let's see i have a quote here from the people the uh, the costume designer
0: I I know, I remember this, actually.
2: Yeah, she says something like...
0: The reason that they want to go for the CGI suit is because, like, it has to be... It has to look like it's made out of energy, and it has to kind of, like, you know, reflect that... You know, that weird, you know, feeling that it's not actually there and that it's more energy than anything else.
2: Yeah, okay, here it is. The Green Lantern suit is something that should look alien. It needs to seem otherworldly. Uh, this was a chance to do something different. You know, you have uh, you have to also consider that Hal changes into the suit multiple times in mid-scene, and the CG allows him to do this. I can't find it, but somewhere I read a quote that said, like, they wanted to use this opportunity to, to do something that's unique-looking amongst the sea of superhero costumes and movies. Which... I I mean when this when this news came out I thought it was a really kind of a bad sign cuz I mean let's face it acting and writing aside the the visual effects could make or break this movie just because of the nature of the power these characters have but then I then I look at a film like Iron Man where where Iron Man is computer generated almost 100 percent of the time that he's on screen, like that enti- that whole fight scene between him and the Jets in the first movie, right? Nothing like the sky was real. That was it. <laughs> and like even when even when like Iron Man's walking around, like they built the full suit for, for uh, the Robert Downey Jr. and his stuntmen and whatever to wear, but it didn't give the proper range of motion. So they had to take chunks off of it and film the scene and replace those chunks digitally. And, like, knowing that, I've gone back and watched the movie trying to pick out where they did that, and... I I don't know. I think I said once before on here that Iron Man is proof to me that we are, effects-wise, where we need to be to pull off Green Lantern. So, thinking about that, I I don't think the costume will be... will be all that problematic.
0: No, no, I, I don't think so either. And... And I think the fact that they are looking at it, like the the suit should be alien, like you know that's a good point in that the the suit is made from the ring, so it it shouldn't really look like spandex at all. Yeah. You know, like if it looked like spandex, there would be something wrong. So aside from that, like okay, well, what what do you do? I I I'm I'm very curious as to how it's gonna look, but uh. I don't know, like, you know, the other the other thing is, when whenever you go into one of these movies, you have to look at it as like an alternate universe version of your classic hero. Oh, yeah. So, knowing full well that it's not going to be the Green Lantern that I've been reading for, you know, X amount of years, hopefully they do a good job with it.
2: Yeah, and that's the thing, like, there's certain characters where, you know... I remember when the first Spider-Man movie came out, and people were were talking about how much the costume sucked because it, like the webbing was silver instead of black or whatever. With and, and have like those uh like the design on the blue parts uh, whatever. With with characters like like Green Lantern or the Fantastic Four or Iron Man. Like these are characters that change their costumes and like have had more than one costume like so constantly that they could show up wearing almost anything, any variation that the studios want to make, right. and I would accept it, you know, because like I mean even if in the case of of a character like Hal Jordan, which which you know he's he's basically worn like three costumes or like three or four costumes in his entire existence and. And the majority of those are, like, slight variations on the same thing. It, like you said, it's its it's its own universe. So if they want to establish—and First Flight did this, too. If they want to establish, okay, this is the standard Green Lantern costume for this story that we're telling, then that's fine. Or if they want to say, okay, everybody does have their own costumes in this universe, and but this is the one that Hal is going to wear— that works too just I'll make it look like crap
0: <laughs> yeah yeah the one thing that uh, that I saw I guess within the past week they're, they're putting out like you know a lot of information uh, as far as like you know press releases and uh, magazine ads and yes you know, also the merchandising information and the thing that really just you know kind of kind of pissed me off was that their tagline is anyone can be chosen. Did you see that?
2: I did. I have that graphic up here now. Now, why why did that... I kind
0: of know why you're going to say, but why does that piss you off? It pisses me off because not anyone can be chosen. And, and I think it was First Flight that had the tagline, like, and it was so beautiful. You know, like some heroes are born and you know and you have the graphic of superman some heroes are created and then you have batman and and then it's like you know but only green lantern is chosen you know and like that right there like that is so poetic and it like in a world where everybody knows who superman is and everybody knows who batman is it it takes green lantern and it's like hey like yeah, those those two heroes are great, but you want another great hero, and here he is. It's Green Lantern. You know, like that's that's like that's an epic tagline. Anyone can be chosen is basically like saying it's like yeah, it could be anybody. It could be you. It could be your next door neighbor. It could be your your daughter's school teacher. But it just happens to be this you know Joe Schmo Hal Jordan. You know, like it it, it takes away. Some of the you know importance or significance of it being Hal Jordan.
2: I think you're overplaying that because I mean, I it would be just as easy to look at it as kind of an affirmation that everybody has has it within them to aspire to greatness. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, look if if the whole, if the whole anyone can be chosen thing upsets you that much, how can you stand to read a comic with Kyle Rayner in it? That's that's the foundation of his character's existence. He was a regular, like, random nobody who just happened to stumble out of a bar into an alley at just the right moment. And he just got handed the ring and said, yeah, I get figure it out.
0: Well, my... Like, the whole thing is, like... Okay, well, is it gonna be the story of Kyle Rayner? Or is it gonna be the st- story of Hal Jordan? Because with Kyle Rayner, like... That is the t- that that basically is the tagline for Kyle Rayner, and I don't have a problem when you're dealing with that character because that is the core of that character. But Hal Jordan is one hundred percent completely not that. You know what I'm saying?
2: I know, but at the same time, like he's he's basically going to be the the point of view character for us in the movie. Because like like at least the majority of the characters we know about are aliens, and this, like supposedly this is go- supposed to be taking place largely in space or on other planets. So they're going to they're going to I think, and this is me just speculating, but I think Hal Jordan is going to be maybe more relatable than people think of him as. Just for the sake of you know he has to uh, he has to be the one character in this film that everybody can kind of latch onto and experience all this crazy stuff through. But th- I don't think that means that they're going to have to Rainerize him.
0: No, I, I know what you're saying, but I don't know, it's just like you have two completely distinct characters, and you know, they have their two completely distinct stories. Now, if you're gonna go the everyman route, you know, and you're gonna tell the the Kyle Rayner story where he's the only one and that's why he got the ring. You know, because it could be anybody and it happens to be him. You know, that works when you're the only one. Because like, you know, it doesn't work when you have all these others and it could be anyone from any race and it just happens to be this dude. And it could be it like it's like you're gonna have a an army of ragtag soldiers that you know hopefully are good, but may not be.
2: You'd have the Sinestro Corps. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you no you'd have you'd have the new core, with you know with that that Kyle Rayner went out and uh, and assembled. Yeah. You know, like as opposed to Hal Jordan, where specific people are chosen to create this grandiose core. I think, like, the dynamics work very well for each of them within their their set, you know, parameters. And not for nothing, but Kyle, like, okay, well, it was that it could be anybody, but as it turned out, like, he was very much, you know, what, what the Green Lantern Corps needed.
2: Yeah, yeah but how Jordan's story involves, like, just as much right place, right time as Kyle's does. I mean, if... I mean, by now it's for, so firmly established that that Hal Jordan got picked because of where Abin happened to crash. You know, if he was, like, ten miles to the left, Guy Gardner would have gotten the ring instead. Or if he, he, if he happened to land somewhere else, not even on Earth. If he could have run into the moon, it would have picked somebody else.
0: Yeah, but it's like, you know, that ring is not just going five feet to find the closest person. It's finding the closest person that meets the criteria, and there's like you know there's a handful of people on Earth that fit the criteria, and it just so happened that Hal Jordan was the closest. But it's not that anyone can be chosen.
2: Uh, I don't, have you ever seen that 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 uh, cover of a uh, Hal standing behind like the table selling Green Lantern rings for like a dollar? Oh yes. that's that's been in my head the entire time you've been talking
0: (laughs) (laughs) anyone could be green lantern yeah because seriously
2: like like these days everybody's familiar with the scene of like of green arrow giving everything he's got to try and make one simple construct for a second and after he's done it feels like he hasn't sleep or slept or eaten in a week and up until then that really wasn't the case like like, anybody who wanted to could pick up a Green Lantern ring and use it. You know, there are people that were better equipped to use it than others, but, you know, if 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 Hal Jordan got knocked out by Mongol, and, he, you know, your wife happened to be across the street, she could walk over, pick up his ring, and shoot Mongol in the face with it.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I, I guess we'll see. I mean, like, because these aren't the movie posters... This is just like some very loose preliminary stuff. So we'll we'll see where they, where they go with this. But uh I mean like, you know, as of right now, I'm I'm not that I'm not really on board with that particular promotional line.
2: Yeah. And I can't remember if I said it on the forum or not, but the idea that Green Lantern doesn't have to be spe- like anyone specific, that it it is open, almost open ended, that makes Green Lantern stand out more. You can't have Superman... Like, Superman is one specific guy for these specific reasons. Batman is one specific guy for these specific reasons. Even Wonder Woman, all these guys. The Flash. You know, with Green Lantern, it, you don't have to have a particular lineage. You don't have to have experienced a tragedy. You don't have to be subject to some accident. You don't have to be, you know... You don't have to be a lump of clay brought to life by gods. You
0: can... <laughs> That's Martian Manhunter, right? Oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> you, uh, you, can, you can be Jim Ford, who works his 9-to-5 his job at the rock factory. I forget where you work. <laughs> <laughs> who, who comes home to his wife and his dog every day and like just fiddles around the internet for a few hours before falling asleep. <laughs> and, and, and you and you can be you and if if you're in the right place at the right time, if the situation lines up right, you can be a Green Lantern. You can be part of this high concept sci-fi fantasy superhero world. And like I think if they play on that just right, that could be a tremendous selling point for the movie. Like, like I do agree with you. Like the line, what was it? Anyone can be chosen or something like. That. Something right. like that. Yeah. I think that the wording of that line isn't good. Like, that that line itself seems kind of, like, clunky. So I don't know how you would say, phrase it differently. But I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to the concept.
0: Only the worthy are chosen. Or, you know, only one person is worthy to bear the ring. Or, you know, there's, like, a million That's... ways you could do it.
2: They like, can't do that one because as soon as you see more than one Green Lantern pop up, <laughs> uh,
0: whatever, <laughs> whatever.
2: Yeah.
0: So what else you got?
2: Um, let's see. Oh, you mentioned the magazine cover. When like, what was that whole deal? Was that like, it was some sort of like merchandising festival or something?
0: Yeah. Uh, that's a. It was a, mer- a magazine dedicated to merchandising. So I think it was DC's merchandising, uh, uh, head of merchandising or whatever, head of licensing. You know, he was out promoting how much Green Lantern stuff they're going to be, you know, putting out. Like, they're going to be doing, like, this massive, massive branding for Green Lantern. And it's like Green Lantern is just the start. And they're just going to keep on moving down the list and just going through all of their characters, like, just blowing their names up and making them all household names. So that way they could just make like, you know, ass loads of merchandise for everybody from Green Lantern to Martian Manhunter to Firestorm to Black Canary to Supergirl to everybody.
2: Yeah. I have uh yeah, I think Flash is supposed to be their next movie. They keep rumbling about that. Yeah, yeah. See I have a little I don't know where this graphic came from, but I, I choose to believe it is accurate. <laughs> it's a it's it's a little like like, bullet point list of the timeline for Green Lantern and merchandise stuff. So, we're supposedly, we'll see games in May 2011, theatrical release June 17th of 2011, made for video, I don't know if that means direct-to-DVD stuff, uh, June 2011, computer-generated TV series, November 2011.
0: Oh, I thought that was going to be 2012.
2: Yeah, I, the first site I read kind of worded it like... It sounded like it was going to be the next year after the movie, but it's been reported a few other places as coming out the same year, so... I mean, it would make more sense to do it in the same year, just because then everybody's talking about it, and it's in the, it's in the social consciousness more, but...
0: Yeah, well, like, by that time, the DVD should be coming out, so it'd be great cross-promotion. Oh, that's
2: true. Expanded Publishing, 2011. Consumer Products 2011 and Digital Motion Comics web content without a date. Like I said, I don't know where, I don't know if this is part of the um, like it, it has a Time Warner logo kind of faded behind it, so maybe it's from their site mm-hmm. and certainly some of these dates do check out with what we already know but it's interesting. I'm wondering what expanded publishing is referring to for 2011, considering the, uh, the, new, the third book starts this year.
0: What do you mean in the third book,
2: Emerald Warriors?
0: Oh, I I think what it probably means is more along the lines of like coloring books and Scholastic, you know kid kid type kid uh, aimed books stuff like that. True, true. Because they they usually tend to do that kind of stuff for movies.
2: Yeah. Is there any chance you won't be getting the ge- video game that's eventually going to come out of this movie?
0: I just hope that it's for the Wii yeah me too <laughs> because like I don't want to have to buy another system to play a Green Lantern game, but like my god, I've been waiting for a Green Lantern game since like Nintendo, so <laughs> you know like if it, if it only if it's like exclusive to playstation i'm I'm probably going to go out and buy a playstation 3
2: if <laughs> if it comes out for like Xbox, I'm going to get it. And then I'm not going to leave Beth's house because <laughs> they have an Xbox and I'm just going to stay there. I'll call out from work. I'll say I've caught something or something.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, <laughs> like
0: don't you need to eat or sleep? I'm like shut up. <laughs> shut up. Call into work, tell him you're pregnant. <laughs> I'll be back in 9 months. <laughs> It'll be
2: uh, did you see the family guy episode where Peter wanted to go to the ball game so he called into work and said um Sorry, my entire family was killed in a horrific plane crash. I can't come into work today. See you tomorrow.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, like, I remember reading about a a Green Lantern video game. I don't remember if it was for Nintendo or for Game Boy, but, you know, just looking at, like, how they had conceptualized it, it you know, it sounded like, oh, my God, it's like, you know, It wouldn't be the greatest game, but it would be pretty entertaining. And it's just, like, when you wanted to do things, like, you had, like, a list of things, you know, ring constructs that you could create, and that would, like, you know, help you interact with the game. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I mean, like, like I said, it wouldn't be great, but to be able to do things with the power ring would have been pretty cool. And, like, Green Lantern has showed up in video games in the past. But you never yeah. you never really have like a whole lot of control. So,
2: oh, I tried. Uh, cause Jeremy got that um, that Justice League one, where you could you played as like, like groups of two or whatever. Yeah, that I played. And, yeah, and I could I tried. Cause I got up to the like the very f- I couldn't get past the first, stage where you have to have Green Lantern and Flash, you know, protect scientists from giant cat monsters or whatever they were. And I just I it, because it wasn't my game at my house, I couldn't spend any like adequate amount of time with it to yeah. like to, like get Gr- John Stewart up to a point where he was like badass or could do awesome stuff. And, and apparently, you can unlock like Hal and Kyle in the game too, or something.
0: <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, like a video game. Like I'm definitely waiting for that.
2: Man, do you remember? <laughs> I think it was a couple years ago, or maybe last—I don't remember—when um they were talking about having the green energy be like, like swarms of nanotechnology or something like that.
0: I don't know about that, but I do remember hearing like a bunch of years ago they had mm-hmm. conceptualized a way to like have a, a working green lantern ring with something called an energy fog, which I guess is. Similar, it's like energy that you can control, you know, with a computer, and I guess have it create, you know, uh, you know, almost like a like a construct, like a hard light, you know, um, a hard light hologram or something like that. Oh! Uh, do they have this now? No, <laughs> no, like not even close. It's it was just theorized, and they definitely didn't have the technology to do it. But I, I always like I looked at that as like it's like, wow, that would be amazing. You know like the fact that they just came up with a premise for how you would get a working green lantern ring, you know, and it would basically be like you'd have to carry like the the energy fog in like a backpack, but maybe like you could disperse it through the use of the ring and you'd have to you'd have to wear like a like a headband you know which would interpret your thoughts into like what form you wanted the energy fog to take
2: <laughs> I'm just picturing myself like where like where cuz i wear a backpack everywhere anyway just like walking <laughs> walking into like a comic shop and the last copy of the cover i want just got picked up by somebody and they're like they're like ha ah, ah, ha it's mine it's mine and i'm just like ah and like the thing flies on my backpack and
0: it's him <laughs> it, it'd probably be a giant boxing glove
2: yes he'll <laughs> be
0: like how did that
2: fit in there oh my god <laughs> oh god no bury it just carry it around in like a fanny pack so that everybody is was like that much more amazed when you do something awesome
0: <laughs> oh god <laughs> a fanny pack and a cut off tea
2: <laughs> listen to your walkman short
0: short shorts oh. Oh, what oh. what else we got what else we got oh you know what I saw actually I saw that they had uh like some like a like a brief description of toys that were gonna be coming out really yeah and like Oh, actually, oh man, you know what, hold on, because I'm going to get the uh, the press release. Because um, there was actually quite a few things, and some of them were very interesting.
2: This is, uh, it's Mattel making these, right? Yes. Is that good, Mr. Toy Guy?
0: <laughs> Mattel definitely puts out some, some high quality stuff. Their prices are not usually the best, but it is some nice stuff, typically.
2: Are they the ones that made that DC line recently that you would lo- You said you'd love to own, but they're too much, or something like that?
0: Yeah, yeah, they put out the, yeah, the DC classics, and if you go into, like, you know, Target, they're like $15 a figure.
2: Hmm. That's with, like, the kilowatt build-a-figure and all that stuff.
0: Right. Yeah, I'm learning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's, uh, just a clip of the, uh you know, the the press release for Green Lantern. In order to fully realize the potential array of Green Lantern offerings, Mattel is supporting the film across key Mattel brands such as Hot Wheels, Tyco RC, and Uno. Collectors Uno. will also be pleased to discover that Mattel is releasing a Green Lantern Movie Masters line of highly detailed figures based on the film, which are sculpted by the Four Horsemen design team. Mattel's Green Lantern product line hits retail in summer of 2011. Yeah, the Four Horsemen—they sculpted the entire like uh, 2000 year uh, 2002, He-Man line. They sculpt most of most of, if not all, of the DC Classics heroes. Like they they definitely do like an amazing job. So that's that's going to be awesome. Nice.
2: Are you going to be getting your set of Green Lantern Uno?
0: Oh, without a doubt, I'll get two sets.
2: <laughs> Good, that can count as mine.
0: <laughs> what else? Oh yeah, okay. There's there's a little bit more. I'm just gonna find it.
2: Will they you think they'll actually make rings? <laughs> oh. Will, well Well will, will they gloss over will they like DC gloss over like the most obvious marketing thing ever? Well listen to this.
0: Mattel is launching a rich and comprehensive line of products based on the film, for both kids and adult fans alike. The multi-category toy line includes basic and deluxe action figures, figures/slash vehicles, role play, role play. <laughs> that's play uh, playsets, games, puzzles, and vehicles. Additionally, each action figure toy comes complete with a Green Lantern ring in order for kids to feel as if they too have been chosen to be a Green Lantern. The deluxe action figures have a special feature that allows kids to truly replicate the elements in the film, and this this is the part that I latched onto, and this is what I'm very excited for, and come with accessories that unfold into completely different items for unlimited hours of play. Hmm. Wh- wait. What? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like... I I don't fully understand, like, what they mean by this, but I am completely intrigued. Supposedly, they have some sort of accessory that, like, is going... It's almost going to be like, I don't know, maybe like connected Legos, like, a concept where you can take it apart and put it back together into another shape. So that way, like, you know... His ring creation goes from a boxing glove to a fly swatter to a train or something like that. I don't know. But,
1: hmm.
0: you know, something like that. That's what it sounds like to me.
2: Yeah. That will be interesting.
0: Yeah. And everything comes with a with a Greenlander ring. So, you know, conceptually, you would think that maybe, you know, Kilowog comes with one style of ring... Hal Jordan comes with a different style, and so on and so forth. That would be
2: good for the collectability factor. You know? Exactly, yeah. It's Like, like if you're not going to do a build-a-figure thing, then throw in that. Yeah. God, I swear to God, if any of these are like that crappy, one-size-fits-none, DC Direct-style ring, <laughs> uh, I'll just, I'll cry. I'll cry, then I'll call you, and then I'll cry again.
0: <laughs> I'm sure that we'll get like a number of rings as the movie gets closer, because I mean, like that's that's the whole thing, and I mean the whole concept of role play means we're probably gonna get some pretty awesome light up style rings and stuff like that as well. Yes. So.
2: Oh God, did you you saw that on the Facebook page, right? That guy that made the the really bright light up ring himself.
0: Oh yeah, Christoph. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've, nice. I've actually chatted with him.
2: Yeah, that thing's awesome.
0: He does awesome work.
2: I like how like the button for it is almost as big as the ring top, but like it doesn't show because it's like underneath, like in your fist.
0: Yeah, yeah, the super brighty ones.
2: Yeah, Let's go to our Facebook page and look at it. Damn it. <laughs> God, the only other thing I really have is like the actors. Okay. No matter what, I I mean like I look, I have my doubts about this movie. Just. Just like everybody else does, I like I know you do, but this movie has one thing going for it that most superheroes movies don't, and that is that, like Jeff Johns is involved in the pr- the production of this movie, and if you can believe his Twitter feed, he's really really happy with this so far.
0: <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Oh my God. You know, speaking of the Facebook page, I just checked it out. And Kristoff just posted another ring. What? Yeah, he's uh Oh my god, the thing is sick. It's signed by Ethan Van Skyver. He's got it up on eBay right now. It's the Kyle style ring and oh. like the thing like lights up, it's amazing looking.
2: Holy crap. Oh, that's
0: giant. Oh man. I wonder where Van Skyver signed it? Signed it on the side. No. Can't see the side. Nice. That is an awesome looking ring. Nice work, Kristoff. Yeah. Oh, this won't work.
2: Okay. Um, speaking of Johns, did you see that, like, last week or something, Joe Quesada got uh, promoted to chief creative o- officer for Marvel? Yes. And I was reading because Newsarama did this like really brief Q and Q and A with Jeff Johns, and one of the questions they asked was, you know, you know, both of you guys are the chief creative officers for your respective companies. What's the difference for each of you? Because I, because mean, Joe Casada is still like editor in chief of Marvel and whatever. So Jeff Johns said that basically, for Joe Quesada, he's He's managing the Marvel universe in the comics, while also kind of, kind of putting his two cents into the other media stuff. Right. Whereas with whereas with Johns, he's been, he is a uh, you know he's still writing his books, but he's basically he's putting his attention into the other media stuff. Which up until now, I've kind of been under the impression that he's been. He's been giving a larger amount of creative control for the comics themselves, and reading this made me think like, okay, he's, you know, he's still, you know, obviously he's he's going to be involved in the larger story of the DC universe comic-wise, but maybe that's just because he happens to be writing the books that are steering that universe. Like, if if like Grant Morrison or Mark Waid or whoever were Writing the the flagship book of DC right now, then they would have the same input that Johns does. You know, maybe it's not anything related to the new title. I don't, I don't know. Like, what do you think? What the hell does he do? What do you think? Uh,
0: well, yeah, I guess I I was kind of the same same impression as you, but I guess when it comes right down to it, like. The other, like the main editors in charge of DC are Dan Didio and Jim Lee. So, I mean, like, you know, I guess where, you know, where does one person's title start and where does the next person's, you know, end? That kind of thing. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, if, if Jeff Johns, like, I guess ideally we would like Jeff Johns to be writing his books you know, steering the creative direction for DC and also have a hand in, you know, the other, the alternative merchandise and, you know, movies and stuff like that. But that's that's definitely, like, that's a lot for one person to take care of. Yeah. So, you know, like, I definitely want him writing his books. And if given the option, like, do we have Jeff Johns have his hand in the other entertainment? Or, you know, um... Steering the ship at DC basically I I don't I don't necessarily know you know which one I would prefer because we know that if he if he has his hand on like media then like the end result is going to be something that we are most likely going to be I I would say more more content with because it's something we're, we're more used to receiving if we have his stamp on it
2: yeah did you ever end up watching that Smallville Justice Society episode?
0: <laughs> no, not yet. It's still in my my DVR. It's just that since we moved, it's it's become a very low priority.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, uh, it's got. Can I tell you an Easter egg in it that you'll probably miss? Okay. At the very beginning, Chloe she walks out of Radu's coffee shop. <laughs> It's got, like, the thing on the window and everything. It's great.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Where is she?
2: Uh, I don't know. Metropolis, maybe. I don't remember. God. I'd say one thing about the casting, though. <laughs> they, I think they tried to be a little secretive, but they shot themselves in the foot at the same time. Because they announced um, some kid. that Like, there's gonna be some kid in the movie. His name's... Gatlin Griffith. And they, di- they didn't announce what he was going to be playing. And people are speculating, oh, will he be the young Hal Jordan? Will there be a flashback scene? Will they do the thing where Hal's dad dies? But they weren't confirming it. Except that they also cast a little girl named Jenna Craig and came right on and said, oh, she plays the young Carol Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Now, one, like, I, this is one other thing, because I, my thing is, like, cause I don't know actors, and you don't care, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> the whole, like, they've said that Angela Bassett will be playing Amanda Waller in this movie.
0: Oh my god, that's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I, she can do it, but she's just not gonna be, uh, a bulky Amanda Waller. Yeah, yeah, no. That's interesting. Now,
2: the first thing that jumped out at me when I heard that was I wonder if they're going to pull a Nick Fury and give us like that connecting character for the line of DC movies like they're doing with Marvel stuff.
0: That would be that would be cool. That would be cool. It would make sense. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, part, part of me like, doesn't want to see them do that because it's blatantly the exact same thing that Marvel did and is doing. But at the same time, like what, something I love so much of the Marvel movie universe that they're building is that we actually get to see our favorite characters interacting on screen now for the first time ever. If they can do that and it makes DC do it, I don't care if DC is going to just copy off of them. I want... I want us to get there. I don't care how we get there.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, like, even if Amanda Waller is, like, the, like, a connecting thread in the backgrounds of some of these movies, she doesn't necessarily have to be the one that pulls them all together.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, it's not like Amanda Waller started the Justice League. You know, she's just, you know, a woman that keeps tabs on them just in case, you know, whatever. So, it's it's an interesting way to display a shared universe without, you know, taking the Nick Fury route where we're assembling the Avengers, you know, that kind of thing.
2: Yeah. Hell, maybe, because Waller's always been more involved with, like, the government and, and the Suicide Squad and all that. Like, maybe... Like, maybe they'll take the approach of, like, Like, the government's, like, kind of starting to notice that, that, like, people with these powers are showing up, and they want to be ready for, like, for the shit to hit the fan when and if it happens. So, like, as we get further and further, like, we'll see, we'll see stuff happening in Green Lantern, and then in Flash, and then in whatever the other movies are going to do, where, like, they're gradually, the government is, like, kind of getting more nervous and starting to put together more precautions until they kind of let out something that they did what am i trying to say like 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 by the time we get to the justice league movie these heroes are going to have to come together to kind of defuse the situation that was caused by the paranoia of them coming together you know and at the same time proving that yeah you don't really have to worry about us
0: I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. So, we got Blake Lively as Carol Ferris. Yep. You have any feelings on that?
2: Nah. never seen Gossip Girl. (laughs) (laughs) No idea what she... I think we did talk about her. We did talk about her. Yeah. Mark Strong as Sinestro. Is that a good thing?
0: (laughs) Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that today for some strange reason. (laughs) Um... What what was I thinking of that? Like,
2: you're in the bathroom.
0: Well, I guess uh, yeah, I was wondering if they're gonna give him like a large forehead or something like that, or I I've heard some some slight details of the plot, but I'm not really going into the whole thing. Hmm. And I suppose the the villain of the movie, like I was wondering if if like Mark Strong Sinestro is going to be, like, you know, teaming up with that particular villain or whatever. Because that would be really cool, you know, like, that I think would be really neat. But I don't know if they're going to go that route or not.
2: Is, like, is he a good actor? Like, has he done a lot of stuff?
0: He plays a creepy bad guy very well. Hmm. He was in uh, the Sherlock Holmes movie with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, okay. And uh, he's... He's been in a bunch of things. Nothing that I can think of off the top of my head, aside from the Sherlock Holmes movie. This. He's been in this. <laughs> oh, he was in Kick Ass.
2: Who was he in Kick Ass? I saw Kick Ass.
0: He was uh, Frank D'Amico. The. Oh, was he the the mob guy who's the dad of, you know? I, I don't know. He was Frank D'Amico. I didn't see that movie. Oh, I thought you saw
2: it. No. How did I see that and you didn't see that?
0: He was uh, Septimus in Stardust. The hell! You just said a bunch of words that I don't know the meaning of. <laughs> you you did you see this the movie Stardust? No. Oh man, <laughs> it's based on a Neil Gaiman book. All right. It's fantastic. Well, anyway, he plays one of the the sons uh, of the king. Uh, he's been in a bunch of movies. I mean.
2: Oh okay. There he is. I just I just got his uh. A picture of him from Kick-Ass. Okay, he was, like, the main bad guy, basically. Yeah. Alright. I wonder if he can be convincing as a good guy. Because, like... Because, I mean, I'm assuming that they're going to start this off with, like, Sinestro still a Green Lantern, and then something happens, and either you, you they reveal his true plans, or he he defects out or something. You're going to need to kind of sell him as one of the good guys, at least at the beginning,
0: he doesn't need so much to be a good guy. I mean, like, and something that I'm pretty sure that Mark Strong can do is play, like, the the condescending. Mm. Because, like, that's like that's, that's Sinestro. Like, even when he was a good guy, he was still kind of a dick. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> like, you know, Mark Strong is, you know, he's amazing at playing a bad guy. I think that he'll have no trouble playing the condescending good guy or so-called pseudo-good guy kind of thing. I really thought you saw
2: Kick-Ass. I don't know why.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Didn't see uh, it yet.
2: Yeah, it's all right. I wouldn't see it again. <laughs> Did you read the book?
0: No. No, never.
2: Yeah, me either.
0: Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Um. Tim Robbins as Senator Hammond.
2: Yeah, Hector's dad. Yeah. This makes me wonder how much flashback is gonna be in this movie. Like, it, are we gonna get like the first like, like fifteen minutes or something is, you know, when Hal and Carol and Hector Hammond are all like kids or something.
0: Oh, that would be interesting, I guess.
2: Gives me hope. Like, I kind of do want to see that because uh, remember when we talked about and this is going way back, um, the Green Lantern Secret Origins. I was almost disappointed to see the superhero stuff show up, because I just like seeing their lives unfold.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we don't really see too much of that in Green Lantern lately.
2: Yeah, that's why. I I really want to see just... Even if it's just one issue, just have Hal just go visit with his brother and his brother's family and just spend a normal day with them.
0: Yeah, I don't don't know that I would, like... Well, I I wouldn't want to read that, because that's not really an adventure... There's no conflict whatsoever, but Hal Jordan has obviously had a personal life between Secret Origin and now, you know, so like having flashbacks of that would be pretty interesting. Yeah.
2: I mean, there's conflict in that he's, 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 I mean, look at his family issues. I mean, my God, it's gotta say something that the guy spends more time like isolated in outer space fighting Death monsters than he does Sitting down talking to his own brother
0: I'm looking at the guy that's playing Hal's dad In the movie
2: Oh they have him Mm.
0: And uh It's not really Not really popping out at me
2: That plane crash is gonna be epic
0: (laughs) Kids are gonna be Leaving the movie theater saying Daddy you're not gonna die In a plane crash are you
2: No, there's going to be some family who, like, the very next day has to, like, go home from vacation and they have to fly (laughs) to the other side of the country.
0: (laughs) Wait a second. He was in Legion? I just saw Legion.
2: Is that that movie with the the weird angels?
0: Yes. I don't know who he was.
2: Yeah. And then they have... uh, Oh, God. I have no idea how to say this guy's name. Uh... T a i k a like is, is not, it's like someone like Takao Weyadi is he's playing Tom Kalamaku pie face. Uh,
0: pie face yeah. it is.
2: Yeah, Tamura Morrison is Abin Sir. Uh, Angel is Amanda Waller yeah we got that. I think that's everybody. I don't know most of the names on this list I've never seen before and that makes me happy as we've we've covered earlier. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who most of those people are. If I have seen them then I've forgotten about them. So,
2: do you want to see Star Sapphire in this movie?
0: I don't know. I don't I'm not against it, but I don't think I necessarily need it.
2: I think it would be an awesome after the credit credit scene if like they have Carol kind of just inspecting the damage of her like messed up like landing strip at Ferris Aircraft or something. And she finds this rock, and it just like jams itself onto her face, and then it cuts to black. And then you can bring like some form of the Star Sapphire in the sequel or something.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think if you're gonna do that, I would like the the stone to like you know convey the message. It's like you know you know Carol Ferris, your your goals with Hal Jordan are the same as ours. You know we ask you if you would like to join us in order to fulfill your goals or whatever, Eh. you know? And then she's like, you know, it's like, you know, I accept. And then, you know, like it's a giant flash of violet light. Everything goes black. And then like, you see like her in the costume and then the credits roll.
2: Nah, no, no. That I'd like to see. I mean, that would, that will be like, uh, you, you've seen Iron Man two by now, right? Yeah. Right, spoilers for anybody who hasn't seen Iron Man 2. The af- the scene at after the crash with that, where they just show you they give you like this this like minute or two of lead up and then just really quickly show you like a two second shot of Thor's hammer and then cut the black. Right. That was so much more impactful than if they showed you Thor himself standing there. Because then it's like they just wet your appetite with, like, this awesome thing that's coming, and it, like, makes you want it more, just because it's like, okay, I have to see what this is. I want to see what this is about. What's this going to look like? Yada, yada, yada.
0: Yeah, but, like, the big difference is that's Thor's hammer. That's very iconic. A stone flying onto, you know, Carol Ferris's face, not nearly as iconic. So, you know, I mean, like, while you know, the fans, like, the hardcore fans would know what it is if, you know, by showing her, like, you know, in the costume for a second or whatever, or even showing her in, like, a silhouette of the costume, you know, in glowing light or something like that, so you don't, you don't really see the details of the costume, but you know that she's changed, she's transformed, and she's glowing violet. Like, something like that would, you know, it's it, it would be... Like uh, a hint towards the the diehard fans, but it would also be intriguing enough to the non fans to be like, what the hell is that? Now I can't wait for the next movie to find out what that was.
2: Uh, that's it's giving too much. I mean, it that's there's nothing hint about that. This is saying, okay, here's this character that's the, the and, and not for nothing, like like don't overestimate how iconic Thor's hammer was. It's like I want to see this movie with like my. Like my family, basically, and it, yeah, no, yeah, it was for my, it was around my birthday, so I went with my mom, dad, and brother. After like after that scene was over, they all asked me like, "What was that?" And as after the like the people behind us, like the one guy was going to his his uh, his friends, like, "Did you see that?" And they were like, "Yeah, what what was that?" I don't even know.
0: But Thor's hammer, like nobody nobody on this planet can tell me that Thor's hammer is less iconic than the star sapphire rock
2: so all you have to do is at some point in the movie or throughout the movie drop hints that that you know what there's there's other things out there with similar properties to the green lantern rings you can like you don't have to like have any like lengthy exposition about it. You don't have some to have somebody sitting here giving you a definition of it or telling you about the energy or anything like that just as long as you have that thought put out there that 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 these other things exist and like maybe even mention like of our var- like there's more than one color of energy out there, whatever and then at the and then at the very end. Maybe, maybe even introduce, like, this this violet rock that crashed through, like... Like, it was a meteor or something during, like, a fight scene that crashes into Ferris' aircraft. So, like, when all's said and done, you get the scene after the credits... at Where Carol's, like, going through the debris and this thing... Like, it just starts glowing. And you get an idea, of, like, oh, she might have found, like, this could be, like, her ring or something or whatever... And then it just like violently affixes to her head. Or it just like it jumps onto her face. And then she's jerking back. And that's where it cuts. Like, that's going to be like a, a what the hell moment for people.
0: Yeah. But it's like that. I think that's like that's no, that's more like, you know, well, like, wait, what the heck was that? Like, that didn't make any sense. You know, as opposed to like the rock like, you know, starting to transform her, like, even if you, would like, like I said, if you you don't see any details, like, the whole thing is just shrouded in, like, you know, lens flare, basically, like, violet lens flare, lens flare, as the rock starts transforming her. It's like, well, what the hell is she transforming into? That, I think, is far more powerful than just, you know, a rock affixing itself to her head and knocking her out. It's just like...
2: Well, I'm not even talking about, like, don't don't show it like a ta like like the moment I'm talking about like cutting off and fi- and cutting to black at the moment of impact. You know? Like if you want to show like as it collides with her, like like purp like pink crystals start to form on her clothing or something, you do that. So it's like you can give the impression the sense that okay, it did something to her or it's alive or what is it? But like like uh just I feel like you don't need to spoon-feed people what this is. You know, that's that's what the, uh, the eventual promotional posters for the next movie are for.
0: Well, I mean, I guess that's, you know, that's your perspective. But my take on it would be that, you know, if I'm going to see anything, like, either give me, you know... I, like, if you're going to give me nothing, then give me nothing. If you're going to give it to me in this movie, then, you know, give it to me in this movie. If you're just going to give me a tease, you know, that it's going to happen in the next movie, then I want, you know, I want like a decent scene at the end. I don't want to see, I don't want to see just the rock because just the Sapphire, you know, that, that doesn't interest me. Like as a fan, you know, like having the rock show up because not I mean you know she's going to be in there eventually. So to me, like you might as well like start off the transformation, you know, and end the movie there like I like that to me is a much better spot
2: I mean if if it's gonna be I if I would agree with you if it was if we were talking about just like the whole scene is just Carol looks at this rock from across the room and all of a sudden the rock starts to glow and then it's and then it fades to black like that would be retarded that would be so like that would be pointless that would be stupid anticlimactic whatever but this, like like the the way I'm talking about like it'll convey a sense it'll convey a sense of of confusion of danger of you know you're gonna want to know immediately want to know like okay what the hell what happened what is that what's what's going on like that'll pull so then when you start to see you know trailers or promotional stuff for Green Lantern two and you see like like there's this woman that looks kind of like Green Lantern but with like violet energy all around her, and you remember that scene from the end, you're like, oh, okay, this is gonna be, this is this could this could be interesting because you you got a character who, you know, I'm trying. It's it's almost like like not like female Sinestro, but like you just had a whole movie building up what this power can do, and now you've got it forcefully taking someone who's going to be like who can have conflict with the hero.
0: I think, realistically, if what we're going to end up seeing is something probably going to be more along the lines of, like, they show her becoming Star Sapphire, and then maybe the tease is Sinestro finding about finding out about, like, the yellow power. Hmm. Like, that. that's another, you know, another possibility.
2: No, I mean, I expect more to see, like... Like if if we're going to see anybody transform into anything in this first movie, I would expect to see Sinestro go from being a Green Lantern to being like the like a yellow ring wielding non Green Lantern again
0: anymore. Wait, really? You you think that's gonna happen like fully in the first movie?
2: Well, I think no matter what, Sinestro's it's like Sinestro's standing as a Green Lantern is going to be gone before the first movie is over.
0: I don't think so. I haven't looked at the the premise. Oh no, like and I
2: have and uh, as we record this there is like like a leaked night I guess synopsis is a way to put it, but it doesn't go into any sort of detail whatsoever. Uh but we're not going to talk about anything that it says just cuz like Jim doesn't want to see it. Yeah, no, it's it it doesn't say anything like that in there. Like but like like I could I could believe easily that Sinestro is not going to have a yellow ring until the second movie, but I I really don't think he's going to be a Green Lantern by the second movie.
0: I think so. I think I think that the whole first movie is going to be, you know, you have Green Lantern, you have Hector Hammond, you know, you have Green Lantern like coming into his powers and starting to meet some of the other you know members of the Corps he meets Sinestro, you know, they go up against each other but you know, it, you know, earn each other's respect kind of thing. And then I you know, like like anything else, I think that Sinestro is not going to go rogue until the second movie. I you know, I I really really believe that. And I think we're going to get a lot of hints towards it in the first movie, but I think like he's definitely not going to make the change or if he is going to get stripped of his Green Lantern position, then that's not happening until like the very closing of the movie, like that's the closing scene, or that's going to be like you know as the trailers are rolling kind of thing.
2: Hmm.
0: Like I I see Sinestro most likely making it out of this movie as a Green Lantern still.
2: Mm. Uh, if oh I'll say if it happens. I don't think there'll be any question that like like what his intention like uh, like by the end of the first movie even if he still has his green lantern ring and whatever I don't think anybody is going to be left wondering you know where is this character going like we're like by the end of movie 1 we are going to know and not just cuz we know the comics or whatever like we are going to know that Sinestro is going to eventually... is going to end up being the the big villain.
0: Yeah. We'll see.
2: Yeah.
0: We got anything else?
2: Nah, I think that's good.
0: Good. Can't wait for Spot Pilgrim. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Yes. <laughs> Didn't you get my email? I skimmed it.
2: Yeah. Ah, oh, uh, then he gets punched by the Human Torch. <laughs> God. seriously, read those books. Get them.
0: I don't know about that. Well, first, first, I want to see the movie. Why? It doesn't matter. Read both. Because Do both. If, the, if the books are better, then I want to be able to enjoy the movie for what it is. What? What? <laughs> if the books are better than the movie, then I'd rather see the movie first. Otherwise, if you read the books and they're much better, then you go into the movies and be like, oh, this isn't as good as the books.
2: That's the situation I'm in right now, and I can't wait for the movie. (laughs) I can't wait for the movie because of how good the books are. Uh,
0: Okay, let's close this episode. Alright, go for it. Okay, if you would like to email us, you can do so at lanterncast at gmail dot com. Or we all have our own individual emails, jim, dan, or jason at lanterncast.com. You can go to our webpage at lanterncast.com. There's a link to our forum, our Facebook page. There's a About Us page, a gallery, there's some other fun stuff. It's got all of our episodes there. You can also find all our episodes on iTunes. Just do a search for LanternCast. And uh, we have a voicemail number, which is two zero six six zero zero seven three five seven. Leave us a voicemail. I guess uh, our forums are on com. If you don't want to go to our web page and click on the nice easy button, <laughs> uh, the Facebook page is awesome. Everybody, you know, is just posting pictures and stuff like that. The forum is fantastic. It's uh, it's a very like, family-like situation and everybody's very friendly. Definitely, definitely worth checking out. It's free to join, obviously. I think that's about it. You're forgetting, like,
2: the best one. You can follow Rage
0: Kitty on Twitter. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Twitter.com
2: slash Rage
0: <laughs> A special thanks to Eric for joining us this evening. Yeah. And... Next week, next uh, well, next episode, episode 59, we should have the next installment of the Larfleeze report with Chad Bokelman.
2: Yeah, I'm interested to see how that goes, because I thought he could only do one a month.
0: <laughs> well, the, the one that he did last month was, you know, for the previews from last month. Wait. So, you know, like, this? <laughs> yeah, basically, like, he did it based on that previews, And, like, the following week, the new previews came out.
2: Oh, all right. I forgot the timing of everything.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, like, he'll have a report in the next episode, but then there won't be one for, like, another month or so. Oh, okay. So, you know, thanks to Chad for doing that. And, uh, did I thank Eric? Yes. Okay, awesome. Okay, everybody, it's late, I'm tired, I'm starting to forget things. Good night. Night.
2: I've, I've been trying to see if Ziggo is. He's online. I want to see if we could get him on here just to talk about the cast briefly, but my thing won't message him. It just keeps loading and sending whatever.
0: <laughs> Maybe he's not really there.
2: Screw it. I'm just going to call him. Let's see what happens. Awesome. Uh, call. Are you still there? I am. Uh, if you call Leroy, the uh, current call will be put on hold. I don't want to uh, add the conference. There you go. You're still there?
0: Yes, I am. Alright. It's showing me that he's not on.
2: It's showing me he is on. (laughs)
0: Mm.
2: Oh. That didn't work. Alright, let's try that again. Nope. Alright, he's not around. (laughs) Awesome.
0: That was an epic failure. (laughs) That was... Hey, do you know what? Shut up. (laughs) (laughs)